You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Canadians Connection Podcast, coming at you from Rocket Sports Radio, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Record Network, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 180 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, glad to have you here, um, back in the in the hosting chair uh, in the studio, and uh, welcome, Michael. And uh, really looking forward to this episode, uh, episode 180. And we're just uh, oh uh, three weeks away from the big trade deadline, with the Canadians expected to be players, uh, large players, and in uh, in that process. And uh, so we're going to be talking about. Uh, all the activity that we might uh, we might see in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, it's uh, nice to be uh, back here. It's a little bit of a change-up having me in uh, for the first segment, uh, but uh, no worries to Amy Johnson fans. She will be back in for the big topic in segment two. Uh, obviously, uh, like you mentioned, talking a little bit about that trade deadline. So I'll give uh, everybody a little bit of a rundown for uh, what's to expect on the podcast uh, here on the first segment. Uh, we'll bring you up to date with everything Montreal Canadiens, all the roster news, the recap of all the games this past week. We'll have our prospect report, uh, bring you up to date with everything Laval Rocket. And uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, about uh, what's been going on in the Habs front office as well. And like I just said, Amy Johnson will step in for segment two, the big topic, uh, talk about some potential trades and uh, what to expect as we approach the trade deadline in these next few weeks. And then in segment three, we will update you on all the content on allhabs.net. Make sure you check that one out. And uh, we want to hear from you. Our uh, question of the week uh, was, was the 5-2 victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs the best game of the season so far for Montreal? That was pretty sweet. Yeah, and uh, this is an interactive podcast. So, Rick, uh, how can people get involved? Um, you can reach out to us uh, via social media, either on Twitter. Uh, it's easy to find all Habs, uh, all one word, at all Habs, A-L-L-H-A-B-S on Twitter. Uh, send us your comments there. Join uh, our, our group, uh, our official Facebook group. 
at uh, uh, facebook.com slash all Habs. We've got more than 50,000 uh, Canadians fans uh, uh, who have uh, signed up and we hear from regularly and we really heard from them this week. Um, you can send us an email, info at allhabs.net, or uh, we have a 24-hour Rocket Sports text line, and you can reach us there at 5853-ROCKET. Perfect. And also remember to follow the podcast on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's at Habs Connection. And visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. So we'll start things off here. We'll get everybody up to date on everything that went on with the Montreal Canadiens this week, uh, starting uh, with some highlights uh, and uh, the games that uh, went on. Make sure you check out allhabs.net for comprehensive previews and post-game reviews on all Montreal Canadiens games. So February the 20th, we had a pretty good game. At, uh, Montreal took away a 3-2 shootout victory against the New York Islanders. This is the first time that uh, they actually won back-to-back games, and uh, there are a few more firsts in this one. Andrew Hammond's first start in a Habs uniform, his first win in the NHL since 2016, and the first time Montreal won back-to-back games. Josh Anderson and uh, Jeff Petrie scored the two goals uh, in regular time. Rem Pitlick scored the game-winner in the shootout. And uh, what was your impression on that one, Rick? Well, it was, it was a fun game. It was uh, that, that elusive uh, back-to-back win that the Canadians have been missing all season. Um, and now uh, it, it, uh, it, it set up uh, a really nice week for the Canadians. Uh, ben Sherratt returned. He had been off for a week um, on IR and, uh, and played with Alexander Romanov. So it was just a, it was just a feel good kind of, uh, kind of game. Um, the Islanders are a team that doesn't score a lot of goals. So that was good for, uh, Hammond getting his, his, uh, first win in a Canadian's uniform. It was just, it's just, uh, it was just a fun game all the way around. And it got even more fun the very next day on the 21st. Montreal 5, Toronto 2. The Habs top line absolutely feasted on the Maple Leafs, and uh, Montreal came away with a big victory at home in the Bell Centre. It was uh, partially thanks to due to some shaky goal tending by Peter Morazic in the Leafs net, uh, and uh, Montreal took full advantage. They went into the third period up 5-0. Toronto scored a couple quick goals, but uh, Josh Anderson scored twice. Hoffman got one. Caulfield was on the board as well, and same with uh, Rem Pitlick. And uh, to be completely honest, if uh, you go into the third period up 5-0 and the other team does not make a full comeback, you basically won that game 5-0 as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) It was it, uh, well. Any win against the Leafs is uh, is big, and and uh, certainly we think back to uh, the uh, ousting of the Leafs in the in the playoffs uh, last uh, summer. But um, you know, a lot of attention is being paid to to the Canadians scoring goals, and and why wouldn't it? Because they've had uh, their their difficulties there, but. One thing that um, is really key to the Canadians playing much better is is their the defensive play by the all uh, not only the defensemen but but uh, the team itself playing good team defense uh, that that has been a problem and and 
uh, it was really interesting to see uh, the Jake Evans line. Um, they probably didn't get enough credit for uh, what they did in that, in that game. Jake Evans with Paul Byron, Rem Pitlick uh, shutting down the big guns for Toronto. Also, uh, a really potent power play uh, by the, the Leafs. Best power play in the NHL, shut down completely by the Canadians' penalty killers. So for me, those two uh, components were the key to the win in this game. And dare I say, it looked like the team was having fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so after that, they had a couple days off. And uh, on the 23rd, uh, another big victory. Uh, 4 nothing Montreal over the Buffalo Sabres. Sam Montembeau, first NHL shutout. I'm very happy for Sam. Uh, honestly, he was put in a bit of a tough position coming to Montreal off of waivers. Didn't really get to play the first little while this season. And then all of a sudden he just kept getting thrown into the net. And he, he's probably more of an AHL goalie. But I'm very happy uh, that he got that NHL uh, shutout. And uh, this is, a, I guess, a four-game win streak at this point. Uh, like I mentioned, under Ducharme, uh, Habs did not get back-to-back wins at any point. So this was a really, really exciting game. And uh, to celebrate the four-game win streak, it was 4 nothing. Suzuki scored twice, one time on uh, a penalty shot. Caulfield had a three-point game, including one goal. And uh, Jake Evans was the other goal scorer. Uh, as you said, really good for Sam Montembeau, um, his first NHL shutout. It wasn't wasn't really severely tested. Again, I go back to uh, the Canadians' team defense uh, on on uh, in this game um, by recording the shutout. The Canadians ended us a, uh, a rather dubious streak that they had been on of a, of forty straight games where they had la- had allowed uh, two or more goals in the game. Um, so this was uh, this this was a, a team win, uh, but uh, good for Sam uh, Montembeau to get the the nod in that. Nick Suzuki with the first star, uh, Sam Montembeau with the second, and Cole Caulfield always popular. Cole Caulfield with the third star. And uh, despite the Montreal having their best stretch so far this season, they do find themselves back in thirty second place in the NHL. Arizona got a victory on uh, Friday night uh, to put themselves back ahead of the Canadians. Uh, the current record for Montreal is 12-33-7. And like I said, that's uh, that's unfortunately just good enough for 32nd in the NHL. And I think it kind of just says something that when you go on a big uh, four-game win streak and you still don't move up in the standings, that, that really speaks to how rough that first part of the season was. So this is Canadians fans having their cake and eating it too, right? Uh, because you get the <laughs> excitement of the four-game win streak still in the basement of the NHL. Um, so preserving the best odds, not not a guarantee that they get the top uh, spot, but preserving the best odds uh, to get the top uh, draft spot. Um, so I, I think um, all in all, a, a pretty good week for the, the Montreal Canadiens. So we haven't been able to play their goal song for a while, so we'll just <laughs> give you a taste of that. Um, Four-game win streak, 32nd in the, in the NHL, and still preserving that, that spot. Um, all good. All good, I think. Yeah, you love to see it, especially with how things have gone. And uh, I think it's fair to say that Montreal currently has that, uh, I guess, that new coach smell, or maybe there's a bad smell that they got rid of when they fired Ducharme. But uh, no, it's nice to see uh, them get a few games here. It's good for the fans. Absolutely. 
So now uh, we'll move on to some uh, roster news, uh, particularly with injuries. Uh, Josh Anderson suffered a facial injury against the Sabres, but practiced on Friday. He'll be in the lineup against Ottawa, which is good news. And uh, Paul Byron, uh, unfortunately, some bad news there. He has an upper body injury and there's no timetable for his return. That um, that game against the Sabres was was tough because uh, you always hate to see injuries, but uh, two injuries with players going uh, going out. Uh, Paul Byron left. I, I think he only played uh, about a minute, minute and eleven uh, in the game. Uh, he, you know, he's he's had a difficult uh, season injury wise. Uh, was happy to get it back in the lineup. So you saw he knew he was his he was injured when he went back to the room. He pitched his helmet. He was he was very upset. Um, and as you said, no no timeline for his return. Good to see. Uh, Josh Anderson uh, back plans to be back in the lineup for, against Ottawa. That was just uh, it was ugly going down, um, blocked a shot with with his cheekbone. It looked like uh, heavy bruising, uh, but he he'll be back uh, on that top line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Are we expecting Josh Anderson in a full cage for that game? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. Good question. We'll we'll wait and see uh, when when uh, when uh, the, the teams line up tonight in Ottawa. Fair enough. And uh, Joel Armia practiced with the team in a non-contact jersey. He's still day to day, and he uh, will not make the trip to Ottawa. That's right. Um, he he. Hopefully he'll be back soon. He he adds a different dimension. Um, maybe you know, maybe he could be. Uh, some people have been talking about him potentially traded. Uh, so he'll need to be back in the lineup for that. But uh, won't play uh, against Ottawa. We should say that uh, the Canadians uh, um, start a five-game road trip in Ottawa. Uh, but they will return. Uh, they took the train to Ottawa. They'll come back um, before they head out on uh, to their Western road trip. So it is possible that some of the players uh, who who won't pl- who won't be in Ottawa will be able to uh, join the team on the Western road trip. Yeah, I, I think uh, it would be nice to get UL Armia back in the lineup uh, for that uh, long Western road trip for sure. And uh, another one, uh, Jonathan Druin skated on Thursday. He's progressing but won't travel to Ottawa. Um, Jonathan and his wife welcomed their first-born uh, child. So congratulations to Jonathan Druin. And uh, hopefully, uh, if all goes well, he can uh, join Montreal on the road trip. Jonathan, his girlfriend, uh, Marie Lawrence, uh, they welcomed a baby boy um, on the 17th of February. So congratulations to them. And uh, good to see him on the ice skating. And then uh, Mathieu Perot uh, practiced with the team. He will return to the lineup against Ottawa, so it's good to get a body back there, uh, even though it, probably more of a bottom six body, but uh, obviously Montreal uh, has, uh, I guess, been a little bit shorthanded in their, their organization, so it's good to get him back. Perot's been out since uh, mid-December, I believe, and uh, timely that he'll be coming back. He'll likely take uh, Paul Byron's spot uh, in the lineup. I believe the last time Perot returned from an injury, he managed to score a hat trick. Is, is that <laughs> correct? <laughs> well, that that would be that would be nice too. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Joel Edmondson practiced with the team in a non-contact jersey. He'll travel to Ottawa, but he will not play. So it's nice to see a little progression there. 
Yeah, yeah the, the tough season for for Joel. Um, you know, every time he takes uh, a step forward, it's a couple, a couple steps back. Hopefully, he's on the right track. Nice to see that he'll uh, head to uh, with the team to Ottawa. And then uh, last, well, maybe not last, but uh, Corey Schooneman has returned uh, from a stint on the NHL's COVID-19 protocol, and uh, he returned to practice. Um, I, this is a player that uh, Marty St. Louis had, he didn't know anything about, and but uh, was suitably impressed when Schooneman was in the lineup. Um, best thing about Schooneman when he's in the lineup is you don't notice him, and that's a good thing. Um, unfortunately, uh, came down with or was tested positive for COVID, was on protocol, and now has returned to practice. Uh, we're not likely to see him in action in Ottawa, though. And some news on the goaltending front. Uh, Jake Allen started skating again on Thursday, uh, but uh, he's still battle- battling a lower body injury. I don't think there's a timetable for him to return yet. He was due to return on uh, March 18th. Um, so is he ahead of schedule? Uh, we don't, we don't, we just know that he's, he's going to be skating. Um, and, uh, whether he's, he's, uh, on schedule, ahead of schedule, we don't know. Um, when he does return, it's going to set up an interesting situation, uh, with Montembeau, with, uh, Hammond, who we talked about and Jake Allen, uh, will there be an opportunity for Kent Hughes to trade one of them uh, before uh, the trade deadline? Uh, that we'll have to wait and see. Um, on Jake Allen, just uh, a bit of a sidebar, um, there was a, an interview this week with uh, Pierre Gervais, of course, the, the longtime uh, equipment manager of uh, the Montreal Canadiens who is retiring uh, at the end of the season, and um, it was a, just an anecdote that he had about Jake Allen um, uh, that I, f- I thought was was fascinating. Um, he said that uh, Pierre Gervais, and he should know, he's the equipment guy, says that uh, Jake Allen changes his equipment very often. And if you know anything about goaltenders, they don't like to change their equipment. They, they, and it takes, even when they introduce new equipment, it takes them a long time to play with it in practice before uh, they, they uh, use it in a, in a game situation. Apparently, Jake Allen is completely the opposite. He changes uh, his equipment very often. Uh, Pierre Gervais says uh, the, it's, it's never new enough for him, uh, whereas it's usually the opposite for other goaltenders. For Allen... The reason is simple. His equipment is always soggy. Uh, Quote, Jake sweats so much, he's the most sweaty player I've ever seen in my life. It's incredible. Uh, I even got got a warning about this from my counterpart from the Blues before he arrived in Montreal. So just uh, an interesting piece of information about uh, goaltender Jake Allen from, uh, yeah from uh, equipment manager Pierre Gervais. Well, as a fellow sweaty person, uh, <laughs> respect. I got respect for that. <laughs> and, uh, well, we got some big news about Carey Price. Off-ice rehab is progressing, and he's doing better, but isn't ready to return to the ice this coming week. Yeah, it was kind of odd that it was announced midweek that there would be news about uh uh, the health of Carey Price uh, that was would be announced on Friday. So a bit of a warning. There's news coming. 
And then when it was announced, it was, um, you know, kind of more of the same. He's, he's doing well, won't be on the ice next week. Um, and so the, the continued slow progression, um, but the whole, the whole process, I mean, there was a lots of opportunity for rumors, uh, to abound in those uh, couple of days between, uh, the, the heads up, uh, um, alert by the, the Canadian staff, uh, and then the announcement. And then, like I said, not really, not really anything of substance once it was announced. Yeah, it was a little bit peculiar, um, obviously, given the state of where the team is at and while well, this has been going on all season. Everybody wants to know what's going on with Carrier Price. Um, it's, it's a little bit disappointing that uh, there wasn't really much of an update, even though there was this big announcement followed by a long drum roll of speculation and then followed by not much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. In a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I think uh, now's a pretty good time to get into our uh, Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Thank you, Amy. Uh, Laval Rocket, uh, their record is 23-15-3-1. That's good enough for 11th in the AHL, so they're doing much better than uh, the Montreal Canadiens are this year. Uh, the Laval Rocket seem to be having a decent season so far. Uh, they've, Although they've lost some key pieces uh, who have been called up to the NHL, uh, but uh, they still seem to be winning some games. Primo's back, which is nice, uh, and uh, I'll give you a little update on how their week went. On uh, the second, uh, Laval won 5-1 to one against Rochester. Uh, it was the first game of a back-to-back. Primo got the win, and uh, Sammy Niku got his first uh, goal as a Laval Rocket. And then uh, the next day, on the 21st, uh, Laval got stomped on by the Toronto Marlies, uh, pretty much the opposite of the previous game. Uh, they looked pretty tired and pretty fatigued, and that's, uh, that's a game they think that they would sooner forget. <laughs> but uh, after a couple of days off, they did get their revenge. Uh, they won 6-4 against uh, the Toronto Marlies, and uh, it was a bit of a high-scoring game, but uh, it was nice for them to get uh, that win there. And then uh, on Friday night, uh, the 25th, Laval again, uh, they uh, score four goals, beating Belleville 4-1. Uh, that, uh, that's two game, uh, it's the first of two games and two nights against Belleville, and uh, we'll see uh, what happens, uh, I guess, Saturday night uh, when they face off against them again. It's, uh, it's a stretch where, where because of the compressed schedule uh, and some rescheduled games, uh, the Laval Rocket are going to play about 10 games within two weeks. Um, it's it's going to be a real tough schedule. Uh, they have had some injury issues. Uh, they had s- uh, seven players uh, and some staff on, on COVID protocol that are coming back. Um, but, and, and a little up and down, uh, this past week, but, but still, uh, doing well, um, they are in a playoff position. And as you said, sitting 11th overall in the AHL playing, um, playing well and, 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 uh, playing a little, trying to play more, uh, defensively, uh, Caden Primo was, um, he had a tough time when he came down from Montreal, but seems to have got, uh, his game under him uh, now and and uh, looked pretty good on uh, Friday night against Belleville. And uh, another uh, note for the AHL, uh, the All-Star Classic uh, will be uh, postponed. Uh, it'll be in Laval. Uh, 
Class Bell on February the 5th and 6th in 2023. Uh, and uh, like you said before we went on air, uh, third time's a charm, hopefully, sort of. That's right. Well, it's, you know, uh, the... Um, all-star game for the AHL uh, has not ever been in Quebec. Um, the the uh, one of the the uh, right from the the start of the franchise, uh, it, there was a, a heads up uh, to us that uh, Laval wanted uh, the the all-star game. They wanted to show off Place Bell, um, and so unfortunately, the last two years because of the pandemic. Uh, it's been canceled each season, and um, and and that's unfortunate. Uh, but next year, uh, next year it will be uh, hopefully um, the fifth uh, and sixth of February, twenty twenty three, at Place Bell, uh, that uh, the Laval Rocket will welcome uh, the AHL um, and and show off their their beautiful facility. Be sure to read all the content on AHL.Report. We give exclusive game day content. Make sure you listen and subscribe to The Press Zone. Uh, The Press Zone podcast comes out every Tuesday. And uh, this past Tuesday, uh, Rick, Amy, and Patrick were joined by uh, Rocket head coach J.F. Uhl for uh, the AHL hot stove. And uh, if anyone has not listened uh, to a J.F. Uhl interview yet, uh, he is a delight to listen to. I could listen to him talk about hockey like for days and days and I could never get bored of it and uh, I'll uh, tease uh, next week uh, Rick and uh, Amy will be uh, bringing in another special guest from uh, Laval and uh, Rick uh, what can you tell us about that next week we're going to have uh, the media relations coordinator Uh, her name is Frederick Collette uh, and uh, there's there's uh, as you say Laval is uh, is a little bit different from from the Canadians in their performing on the ice. Uh, J.F. Wool has uh, a, a big part of that, of course, not only performing on the ice, but his role is development, and he seems to have struck a really nice balance. Uh, so, so go back and listen to uh, last week's uh, press zone, as you said. Uh, the uh, it was an AHL hot stove on the press zone that we have every two weeks. Uh, this this week we added an extra chair for uh, the head coach of the Val Rocket. He had lots of good insight into Canadians' prospects that that you're going to want to know about. Um, and then upcoming uh, this upcoming Tuesday on the press zone, uh, we have another head uh, guest and and as you said. Uh, uh, f- again, from the Laval Rocket and and Frederick Collette has gives you some insight into what it's like dealing with the players uh, and and what her role is like in helping to get the information out about the prospects to you, uh, the fans. So a couple of eight great episodes. Uh, make sure uh, that you go to the Presszone.fm uh, and you can listen to uh, all the episodes there. And and don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, uh, like I said, I highly recommend uh, listening to all that. It's great content, and uh, if you are a fan of prospects, uh, the Press Zone is exactly where you want to listen. So that's it uh, for this week's Prospect Report. Uh, We're going to get into some Habs other news. Uh, John Segwick was promoted to assistant general manager by the Canadians. Uh, Nice to see a little bit of internal promotion. Uh, Segwick was originally hired in 2013 uh, for director of legal affairs. And uh, Rick, uh, what can you tell us about uh, Segwick? Uh, John has been, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, joined the organization in in 2013, um, has a legal background, 
Um, he had worked with the National Hockey League, and uh, so his role in the the um, Bergevin regime was uh, that of of being a capologist. We remember when Bergevin joined uh, the organization from Chicago. Um, uh, Bowman said, uh, you know, he, he, he understands players. He doesn't understand the math. So he's going to need some help with the cap. Um, and, uh, and to his credit, Mark Bergevin realized that and brought in John Cedric. Um, Cedric was, was, uh, had that role as a, as, as a capologist, also nego- helping to, to negotiate contracts. Um, and, and became, you saw him in the press box. He was kind of joined at the hip with, uh, Mark Bergevin. So, um, during this era where we've had a real upheaval and, and a real change with the Montreal Canadians, we're, uh, we've seen that the Canadians are bringing in, um, not only people who are new to the organization, but people who are new to their positions. Uh, Vinny Lecavalier, uh, Lecavalier, no experience. Martin St. Louis, no experience at all. Um, uh, Kent Hughes, uh, no experience. Uh, so it's, it's good to have someone who has experience and has experience with the organization, who has that institutional knowledge uh, that uh, both um, uh, Kent Hughes and, and Jeff Gordon can rely on um, and uh, I think that the continuity is is um, is is important, and uh, John Cedric can uh, can provide that. Definitely, and like I said, it's nice to have. Uh I guess some internal promotion going on. And uh, I think you mentioned as well, uh, Sedgwick uh, will be helping with uh, contracts. Uh, I think a little bit of ar- with uh, arbitration as well. So uh, congratulations to uh, John Sedgwick. And uh, uh, I guess we're hoping you uh, do the best that you can in that position. So we have a clip from, uh, from he had a press conference this week. Um, it was interesting. He noted that uh, not much will change. Other than his business cards, he didn't even know if he was getting a raise or not. Um, and uh, but it's kind of as we've seen with this group, uh, other a duty, other duties uh, as assigned is kind of the the buzzword, the buzz phrase that's that's been used. But uh, let's hear a bit from John Cedric. Yeah, it means a lot. I, I, I um, you know, I've always I've always uh, cherished the opportunity to work here. I mean, I, I recognize. I, as you know, I grew up in Toronto cheering for another team, but what a lot of people don't know is that my father was from Kingston, my late father, and he was, uh, he was a very, like, he was a massive Habs fan. Um, so I, I was raised with an appreciation of the, uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, and yeah, I mean, to, to be the assistant general manager is, it's, it's, it's an honor. It's a privilege. I mean, I've, I've loved every day here. So he came to the Canadians, as you said, in 2013 with a legal background and, and kind of a narrow focus. And he talked in the, the press conference about um, how he's loved learning and the, the folks that have um, influenced him the most. He, he mentioned uh, people like Rick Dudley, Trevor Timmons, Larry Carrier. Um, and I, I know that Canadians fans out there, oh, they love to criticize uh, Trevor Timmons or... but. 
first of all, uh, Rick Dudley, you're not going to find a smarter hockey person than Rick Dudley. Uh, unfortunately, um, he found that his the advice that he was given to Mark Bergevin, uh, credit to Mark Bergevin for bringing in smart people, uh, knock on him for not using those people. Um, you know, Rick Dudley wasn't, uh, his advice wasn't being taken, so he moved on uh, to greener pastures. Um, uh, Trevor Timmons, uh, he's he's one of the better uh, talent evaluators in the NHL. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of a, t- a lot of times, uh, Mark Bergevin went his own way or traded picks or or those kinds of things. Larry Carrier is someone who's uh, unknown to many um, uh, many Canadians fans, but uh, not unknown to us. We we really enjoyed. Uh, sitting in the press box talking to Larry Carrier on dozens and dozens and dozens of occasions. Real smart, uh, real smart hockey guy. Um, and so if Sedgwick uh, learned from uh, those folks and others that he mentioned in the press conference, uh, then he's he's well on his, his way and has broadened his... Uh, uh, his hockey knowledge, and, and he said he's he's already learning from Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes. Yeah, he sounds super excited, super emotional, and uh, it, it's nice uh, to see that uh, you know we have somebody that uh, I guess loves being in the organization. Uh, you know, be able to work his way up, uh, and uh, hearing that uh, his father was a big Habs fan as well, mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, it seems like that's a really big thing for him and his family. For sure. So I think now's a time that we take our first break on here here on Canadians Connection. Uh, still to come, we tackle our question of the week. Uh, let us know, was uh, the Canadians win over the Toronto Maple Leafs the best win of the season? Leave your comments on All Habs Twitter, uh, All Habs fan page on Facebook. And uh, coming up next is the big topic segment. Uh, Amy Johnson will join Rick Stevens to discuss potential roster changes as we approach the trade deadline in three weeks. Stay with us. You are listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369.
Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, Thanks very much to Michael Spinella for the kind introduction prior to that great commercial break. Uh, Word from our sponsor there at DraftKings. Uh, Be sure to check out their great new incentives for new users. Uh, Big thanks to them. And of course, a shout out to Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network, who we are a proud affiliate of. Uh, I am Amy Johnson, joining uh, Rick Stevens here in in the studio here for the second segment for The Big Topic. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And uh, yeah, uh, joining, of course, our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And uh, be sure you're following this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, while you're there... Why don't you subscribe if you haven't done that already? If you're a new listener, we'd love to have you hit that subscribe button. We don't ever want you to miss a single episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. And Rick, I'm kind of excited to be here for the big topic with you today. Welcome back to talk about a very important topic. And um, so far, we've, um, you know, Kent Hughes hasn't uh, and Jeff Gordon haven't wanted to uh, kind of pin down uh, what what is to be expected. Is this a a long, slow uh, teardown of, of the Montreal Canadiens and then a, a rebuild uh, towards glory? Or is this something that can be done more quickly? And they, they haven't had a term uh, to slap on it just yet. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, signals uh, <laughs> that uh, we've been hearing um, in this this important segment. Absolutely. Interpreting the signals. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, as uh, you guys kind of uh, talked about this a bit in the first segment, you know, the, the Canadians have been busy filling their off ice positions. Of course, they brought in San Louis as the interim head coach, uh, his buddy and, and uh, former line mate and Kent Hughes, former uh, client, uh, Vinny LaCavier has been brought in as a special advisor. Uh, you spoke there and we heard from John Sedgwick, who's been promoted to assistant GM. Um, all of these things kind of falling into place as as they're looking to really re, I'll use the word rebuild, because they really are re- kind of reimagining the front office for the Montreal Canadiens. But we've heard Jeff Gordon say right from the get-go when he was hired that that uh kind of reimagining player development in the organization was was going to be a focus that they wanted to look on look at of course that would be supplementing Rob Ramage and and Frankie Bouillon's work that they currently do uh Rick we're now seeing some reports uh early reports coming out uh that it's it's expected according to these reports that the Canadians are going to announce sometime within the next week that they're also going to add skills coach Adam Nicholas uh, to the organization, uh, formerly uh, worked with the Leafs as a skills coach consultant, uh, currently working with the Chicago Steel and the USHL. The USHL, uh, Chicago Steel, uh, Sean Farrell uh, did pretty mm-hmm. well there. Yeah, uh, so bit. there's there's a, a nice connection. Um, he was a skills consultant with the Rangers. Um, so uh, there's some familiarity with Jeff Gorton. Um, he, he worked uh, as a skating coach uh, in the NCAA, a skating coach uh, in the Q. So has a, a great deal of experience, uh, does Adam Nicholas. And and the the idea of, of broadening uh, the the whole player development area was something that uh, Jeff Gorton said that he wanted to do. Uh, of course, right now we have uh, the Canadians have Rob Ramage and Frankie Bullion who 
who much of their time is spent keeping in touch, visiting the, the prospects. Um, but uh, the, the Canadians obviously want, Jeff Gordon wants, to add some uh, skills training as well um, to the to the team, and and this isn't um, this isn't a foreign concept. Um, it was certainly a foreign concept to uh, Mark Bergevin, but prior to Mark Bergevin's tenure, uh, the Canadians would would bring in a skills a consultant uh, for uh, their training, more for their development camp uh, to work with the the young prospects. Uh, there was Tim Turk who would work, uh, who was a, a shooting coach. Uh, Paul Lawson and his son Lucas, who uh, um, uh, were skating consultants, and that was they were regulars at uh, the Canadians development camp. All of that was discontinued during um, Mark Bergevin's uh, the Mark Bergevin era, uh, but seems to be getting a reprieve now under Jeff Gordon. Which is kind of exciting. It's it's you know it's nice to see. I know we were excited when we heard Jeff Gordon use that word development quite often uh, in his in the remarks that he made when he was first hired. It's nice to see that he's putting those pieces into place. Uh, and it'll be curious. It'll be interesting to see how far, in terms of depth in the organization, he focuses on player development as well. So all of these things are 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 moves that are pushing i i believe the organization in the right direction uh inter- it'll be it'll be really fascinating to, to watch how all of that unfolds um but of course we're already seeing um we're already seeing things taking place with the on ice product as well uh first major move that kent hughes made uh recently was the tyler to trade um Hands down blockbuster trade for Kent Hughes out of the gate. Uh, yes, Tyler Toffoli was very popular with the fans. He's got that scoring touch. Uh, plenty of fans were lamenting his his departure. But that's exactly why it was important to move him at that time. He got an incredible return for Tyler Toffoli. Uh, Tyler Toffoli's doing just fine in Calgary. He seems to be uh, slotting in quite well there. Um, and Rick, as we're seeing as injuries start to crop up almost game by game with the Canadians there's just no sense in in waiting if there's a good offer ship them out uh, yeah it's it's something that uh they are um transforming this roster uh into um uh, something that's that's uh more uh, you know it's it's not just to get into the playoffs which was which was uh, Mark Bergevin's goal uh, but to uh, compete uh, for the Stanley Cup, uh, and it's been a well. The Canadians were able to do that on the basis of of Carey Price and and uh, Shea Weber uh, last uh, last season. Um, it's something that they want to get back to uh, and uh, be able to 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 compete for the cup, and and that's what we're seeing from Jeff Gorton. Kent Hughes, um, as you said, that first move with Tyler Toffoli brought in a first-round pick, brought in a top prospect, uh, and the Canadians will get to check in on uh, on Toffoli when they visit the Saddle Dome uh, <laughs> later next week. Very, very, very soon. Uh, we're also starting to see players who are obviously getting showcased for potential trades. Ben Sherrod is one of them. He he came off of his one week on IR. Uh, and playing on his offside for a couple of games. So obviously uh, someone's asking to see that. Um, it's no secret that there's interest in Ben Sherratt. Uh And so again, uh, go ahead, showcase the guys 
who could get you a return. Uh, you're going to probably see some some people playing in situations that maybe they haven't been regularly this season just for that reason. Uh, ben Sherrod, uh, th- th- if you look at the athletics uh, big board, uh, you see Ben Sherrod being number seven on that list. Uh, the likelihood of a trade is high. Um, that should be no surprise. He's he's uh, an unrestricted free agent after this season. He's got a modified no trade. Um, and um, he's a left shot but was playing on the right side for a couple of games because some team wanted to see uh, how he'd <laughs> fare there. Um, and it, it's it's uh, speculated that the Canadians are looking for the kind of return that uh, David Savard got, um, landed uh, kind of a first and third round pick um, when uh, Tampa uh, acquired him. So um, it's it. I think that the it's been rumored that there are uh, multiple teams interested. Uh, they are obviously waiting for the, the right, uh, the right offer, but, um, uh, Kent Hughes has already signaled, uh, don't wait too long, uh, cause yeah. I'm, I'm not going to wait till the, the last, uh, the, the absolute deadline. Um, he may be gone by then. Absolutely. I, I don't see Kent Hughes having the patience for bidding wars, uh, right now. It's kind of come to the table with your best offer and, and go from there. Um, now, of course we've heard plenty that, uh, Arturi Lekkonen is is one who's been drawing a lot of attention and interest uh, prior to the trade deadline. Rick, I, I know that we've talked about Lekkonen plenty over the years. I still believe he is the most underrated and, and underappreciated uh, player on the Canadiens roster. He would absolutely be an immediate boost to any lineup, uh, and I think that a savvy GM could make uh, a, a really sweet deal for Arturi Lekkonen. He's being talked about as the Blake Coleman uh, of this year's trade deadline, Barkley Goodrow. Uh, the fact that uh, Tampa went out and, and got those players as key pieces, the missing piece, um, as described on the Daily Faceoff. Uh, Arturi Lekkonen is extremely coachable. Um, he's consistent. Uh, his worth, work ethic is high. He's, uh, you know, he does everything right on the ice and uh, is, is likely going to be a, uh, a, a very important piece of a, a team that wants to make a long run in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs. And and that's one, I mean, I would be sad to see Lekkonen go simply mm-hmm. because I enjoy watching him play. I enjoy what a, a, a good, uh, solid player and guy in the room he is and so forth. I, of course, I'd hate to see him leave the Canadians, but I think it would be good for Lekkonen and it certainly would be good for Kent Hughes and the organization and what they're going to get in return for Terry Lekkonen. For sure. Uh, so now this next, that brings us to Jeff Petrie, who suddenly, (laughs) who suddenly is like, what do you mean? I haven't, what do you mean? I've sucked all year. (laughs) Uh, He's trying to, obviously, uh, he's also found a bit of, of renewed energy, uh, these last couple of weeks. Um, Elliot Friedman has had, uh, him as a topic of conversation, mentioning that he could see Philadelphia being in on Petrie, um, in fact, our own Mike Rashel even even asked uh, asked about it in our in our team Slack channel, uh, and my opinion on it being the the resident Flyers person. Um, this is one I'm not sure about, and and I I I'm, that's not to disqualify at all what what Elliot Friedman says for goodness sake. He's he's well connected. Um, 
in order for for Philadelphia to be a serious contender contender for Petrie, they're going to have to shed a lot of cap. Um, and and the big question is going to be Ristolainen. Uh, Chuck Fletcher paid an arm and a leg for Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, I don't. There there aren't there isn't pure confirmation yet as to whether or not they're actually going to try to aggressively try to resign him or not uh i would imagine fletcher would want to since he wouldn't have wanted to pay that much money for a rental but risto goes ufa this summer he's making 5.4 million dollars this year um you've got ellis on ltir who's locked up through 2027 at 6.25 million per year um you know, maybe so. So there's a lot of money sitting on the back end that the Flyers would need to now. If they don't sign Ristolainen, okay. Um, what will they get in return? There's there's some options there. So I, it's going to depend. It's really going to come down to the money. It's going to it's going to come down to what Chuck Fletcher, I think, for me, has in the pocketbook to spend. Uh, Elliot Friedman, and we're we're referring to his uh, weekly thirty two thoughts column uh, that came out this week. Um, tied uh, Jeff Petrie to uh, Philadelphia and said that uh, he thinks that Ristolainen gets moved uh, prior to the trade deadline. The the Flyers, uh, all the focus with the Flyers has been on whether Claude Giroux will uh, be mm-hmm. moved ahead of the the trade deadline. Um, and and the Flyers, uh, it, it's it's interesting. They're not like other teams. We know that Jeff Petrie. There's been uh, rumors that uh, Dallas is possibly interested in him, um, but the Flyers are, are in a different situation because they're not making the playoffs. And no. and whether they would would make this kind of deal uh, prior to the trade line trade deadline would be very very interesting. But that's what is being reported by Elliot Friedman. That one will be an interesting one to see how it unfolds. They are very tight to the cap right now. Um, I think they've got like three over three million dollars sitting on LTIR right now. Um, so it's uh, it's it's going to be curious to see what Fletcher does uh, and if he aggressively does go after Petrie. As you say, he's not the only GM uh, in the market that's that's looking at him. So I think that one's going to be kind of kind of fun to watch. Matthew Perot coming back to the lineup uh, this weekend. And uh, he was flat out asked, you know, trade season coming is here. And uh, well, it was um, I don't know that everyone was expecting this to be his response when asked on about his feelings about being a potential trade chip. Uh, maybe. Yeah. You know, these next uh, next couple of weeks, if um some teams reach out and they, they think I can go and help them out, then yeah, I would take the opportunity. I think I would, yeah, for sure. So, uh, right. <laughs> okay, I, I don't think, uh, yeah, it's it's not, it's very rare that we hear a player say, yeah, I'd, I'd welcome a trade. Uh, we heard Tyler Toffoli be very di- diplomatic and say that he wanted to be part of the Canadian, so, but but for um, but open to a trade and understands it's it's a, a business and that there was the uh, the possibility that it would be be traded. This was a whole uh, level <laughs> up from that. Um, he talked about coming back to the lineup and he hasn't played uh, since December fourteenth. He's only played fourteen games uh, this season. Um, and, and this latest injury, uh, that he's had is he had, remember he had the eye surgery, uh, but this latest injury, um, seems to be lots of talk about it's related to his back, his back issues. 
Um, the Canadians are reporting lower body injury, but uh, all of the, the 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 talk is about his back issues. And he came to the Canadians with back issues. I was going to say, you were the one who said when he came to the Canadians, why are you signing a guy to take a center position away from Ryan Paling, whose back has been bothering him and he doesn't do face-offs well anymore? Well, that's the thing that um, it it was, I I don't want to dump on Dom Ducharme, but it was, it was, um, you know, poor coaching again. Um, Here was, is someone who said, Matthew Perot, um, listen, with, with uh, the Winnipeg Jets, yes, um, I was a center for a while, but I haven't been a center for four years. Paul Maurice saw that um, taking face-offs was related to a back issue. Uh, so he moved me to the wing and I've been there and I haven't been, um, been uh, you know, taking face-offs, playing center. Dom has asked me, can I play center? And, and he, you know, he, he didn't want to say no to a new coach. Um, but the writing was on the wall. What was going to happen? Um, and apparently his back issues have resurfaced. And, and so, yeah, it's, um, he's, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Uh, could he be a, you know, a, 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 a bottom six ad for a playoff team? Sure, but he hasn't played uh, enough this season uh, to, to, for play for teams to get a sense of, of how he can contribute. And so he talked about, uh, the fact that, you know, he's never won a cup. That's his goal. Um, and, um, and, and he wants to showcase the, the words he used in French, showcase himself, uh, in the next few games. Um, he was a guy that, you know, he won back to back, Calder Cups in, in 2009, 2010. He had the, the championships before coming into the NHL and then uh, hasn't been, been able to have his name on the, the ultimate prize. So um, he's 34 years old um, and his 11th season, and he knows that the end is near. He wants to get back to that, and he's let everybody know uh, <laughs> that uh, keep an eye on me because I can help your team. Uh, good luck to you. I, I mean, definitely he's one there shouldn't, it shouldn't even, it's not even a question. If, if you can toss him into a package deal, uh, bye-bye. See you later. Um, you know, particularly if he's that open to it. So I say good luck to him. Um, Brett Kulak pending UFA this summer, Brett Kulak, um, we actually, we followed him when he first came to the organization and was with the Laval rocket, uh, very great personality, nice guy. He is a quietly serviceable uh, defenseman who has who has flashes of of scoring capabilities. Uh, he's a responsible defenseman. Um, lower down, lower down on your on your pairings, but quite frankly, he's replaceable. Um, I don't want to I don't want to call Brett Kulak a dime a dozen kind of defenseman, but it's he's because he's not. But it's just that you could replace him with uh, a young prospect, like maybe a Josh Brook once he gets his legs under him or, or something of that effect. So I, I would expect to see Kulak uh, certainly in the mix. Quietly. He's had uh, a pretty good season on a bad team. Um, He's versatile. He can play with, uh, you know, up and down your, your defensive pairs and, and, uh, and he's mobile. He can, he can move the puck, Little, uh, little touch of offense from time to time. Um, so, 
you know, with with him being an, uh, an unrestricted free agent, uh, certainly his name has come up as somebody uh, that you might expect to move before the deadline. So here's a question for you. Should any players get added? I know in, in past weeks you've had um, big topic segments where you've talked about the untouchables uh, and who who you consider to be untouchable for the trade deadline. Um, lots of buzz around Josh Anderson right now. Um, like Tyler Toffoli, fans are, for lack of a better word, freaking out that Josh Anderson is going to get traded. And then you've got a lot of people making serious claims as to why it would be a huge mistake to trade Josh Anderson. Um, should he really be add, added to the untouchable list? I say no. I say you know, there are at this point, there is it is a very for me personally, the untouchable list for Kent Hughes should be pretty small. Uh, and there isn't room on it for Josh Anderson in my books. No, I'd agree with you. Um, if if you want a whole conversation about uh, the untouchables, uh, we we that was the title of episode 172. If you go to canadiansconnection.fm, you can see all of our, our previous episodes. And episode 172, we talked about untouchables. What's an untouchable? Somebody that when when the, uh, Ken Hughes' phone rings, he says, no, conversation over. That guy's off the table. Um, there's going to be no discussion about it. And and for for us, in that episode, we talked about uh, players like Nick Suzuki, uh, like Alexander Romanoff, like Caden Gooley, uh, mm-hmm. prospect, um, Cole Caulfield, Cole Caulfield uh, Ryan Paling. Yep. Um, so uh, Josh Anderson, um, is, is he having a bit of uh, rejuvenated play right now? Of course he is. Uh, he's playing very well with Cole Caulfield. And uh, and with Nick Suzuki and and everybody's talking about how he's a, you know a big brother for Nick Suzuki, but uh, you know uh, Josh Anderson is is uh, he's a very much a, a streaky player on a roller coaster all the time. Um, he'll have these streaks where he contributes to the offense uh, and he'll disappear. He always brings energy, but sometimes to to virtually no effect. Um, it might be a surprise to you that uh, his his top uh, point total uh, is only forty seven points. Um, so he's you know, and that was with with Columbus uh, back in twenty eighteen nineteen. Um, is he a playoff performer? Well, we really didn't see that at all. Uh, the Canadians played 22 games uh, getting to the Stanley Cup final. Just six points in those 22 games from Josh Anderson. Um, so wasn't a major factor at all. Um, so not one of those... Uh, I, I mean, we can understand why... why uh, fans, he's an exciting player. Um, you know, he's he's very outspoken. Um, he's very much a team guy. He's only 27 years old. Um, but if if an offer comes, um, I you know an offer comes, uh, and it's it's um, you know it's when teams call, they're not calling for Cedric Paquette. They're no. calling for your <laughs> no. better players. Yeah. Uh, so if you can move Josh Anderson, the other part of it is, um, you know, he was signed to uh, a six-year contract, and and uh, um, he he doesn't become a UFA. Uh, sorry, a longer contract than that. Uh, he doesn't become a UFA until the end of the 26-27 season. So 
Uh, are you counting on him being productive all the way through his contract? Maybe this is an opportunity uh, to move uh, Josh Anderson. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Um, so we we heard, uh, you know, some insider information from Elliot Friedman a little earlier in this segment. Uh, we're going to toss Pierre Lebrun in there as well, uh, reporting this week that the Canadians, uh, as far as he has uh kind of found from his sources that the Canadians are going to be aggressive uh, in free agency this July. And and so how does that affect their approach to the trade deadline? For me, Rick, I see that as we know, as we said, Kent Hughes has come straight out and say, come with your best offers. If you, if I get, uh, if I get a solid offer, I'm taking it. Um, but if they plan to, if this, if this is true and they plan to be aggressive in free agency, uh, to me, that means Kent Hughes has to shed a lot of cap. Uh, and so I would expect him to start aggressively shopping other players who maybe GMs aren't necessarily calling for. Maybe he's packaging up some picks or prospects. Anything that he can do to shed cap space, if that is accurate, that they're actually going to aggressively uh, try to sign guys in free agency. So uh, this is this is very interesting. Um, we remember when uh, Jeff Gordon joined, he talked about uh, th- that the Canadians have some good talent, but um, you know, a team to compete for the Stanley Cup needs top tier talent. Um, and and so what Pierre LeBrun is saying here, and and listen. Um, uh, the Canadians leaked this information to Pierre Lebrun. Why do the Canadians want this out there? Uh, well, they want to send a signal around the NHL to players around the NHL um, of of their intentions. Uh, is this if 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 the impression out there is that this is going to be a long, slow rebuild? Why would top end talent uh, players who are unrestricted free agents want to come to that kind of team? Mm-hmm. Um, or if if trades are going to happen before uh, the the trade deadline, why would a player agree to come to Montreal? Why would a player agree to waive his uh, no trade clause um, to come to Montreal? So uh, that's why this information, I think, is out there uh, because they want to send they want to send a signal to to the big stars. We remember uh, that Jeff Gordon brought in uh, Artemi Panarin, uh, mm-hmm. who was just twenty seven at the time, um, and that was that was their big piece. And we know that that Montreal is no longer uh, a top destination for NHL. Uh, players, uh, whether it be weather, whether it be language, uh, the schooling for their children, uh, vicious media, um, uh, the the COVID regulations, or taxes, uh, mm-hmm. the highest taxes, um, all of those things have been um, deterrents for uh, NHL players to agree to come. So they're sending this message, and also um, I think with the additions of Vinny LeCavalier. And uh, Marty St. Louis, they're going to be using those uh, uh, individuals as recru- recruiting tools mm-hmm. um, in the kind of, of, of hockey, kind of uh, attack-oriented offensive hockey that the Canadians intend to play as, uh, as kind of an advertisement to come to Montreal and, uh, and, and uh, bring your free agent, as a free agent, come to Montreal and, and uh, you'll, you'll like uh, what we're doing here. So this isn't 
it's a this isn't a complete rebuild. This is more of a reset on the fly, a transformation of the roster uh, that's going to be done. The Canadians are signaling in a much shorter period of time than many might have expected. And in order to do that, Kent Hughes is going to need money to work with. For sure, absolutely, and that's why you'd be uh, open to trading a, a, a Josh Anderson, that's right. uh, Brendan Gallagher, all of that's the right. all of the players who are fan favorites. Uh, but that, have big price tags that may have to be that may have to be moved to make room uh, because that's that's something that uh, Gordon uh, Sedgwick um, uh, and Kent Hughes have to do is really improve their ro- their cap flexibility uh, of the roster that um, we we know was left in a horrible situation by Mark Bergevin. This may not have been a fun Canadians hockey season to watch. But I have a strong feeling that the Canadians' trade that march to the trade deadline is going to be exciting to watch, and free agency is going to be fun to watch um, because I think I think Hughes and Gordon are making some are, are planning some big moves, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Exciting for our listeners, and we're we're all in. We're, uh, we're oh, I'm here for, for it. it too. Pop yeah. the popcorn. I am ready to go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this has been very fun. Thank you for inviting me on to uh, to join you for the big topic segment this week. Um, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, on the other side, I'm going to hand the uh, I kept I kept the hosts the co-host seat warm. Michael Spinella is going to hop back in the co-host seat with you uh, for the the have your say segment. Uh, you guys are going to uh, talk about a number of things, including hearing some fan reaction to the Canadians Connection question of the week, which is was the Canadians win over the Toronto Maple Leafs the best game of the season? There's some pretty strong opinions on that one. And so uh, Rick and Michael are going to bring those to you in the next segment. Uh, Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. 
for the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects. Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 180 of Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, big thanks to Amy Johnson for stepping in and taking over the big topic. Uh, also, make sure you follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. You can also text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853 Rocket. Welcome to segment three. Uh, this is where we have our. Uh, have your say segment uh, and we'll get to our question of the week uh, momentarily but uh, Rick uh, welcome back glad to be back I'm glad to have you back in the we did a quick change have you back in the studio um, for our have your say uh, segment we always love to hear from uh, our our listeners uh, our readers of, of our content uh, and we'll just uh, in a second remind you of, of the content that we've coming uh, uh, have coming up. Uh, we've heard uh, from some of our our uh, uh, readers and 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 listeners this week um, about world events and and yes we're we're a hockey podcast we talk about sports but uh, and we usually don't uh, venture any further afield than that but we're not oblivious to what's happening in the world uh, and we're all just um, uh, shocked and. Uh, um, are struggling with what's happening in uh, in Ukraine, uh, as we talked about in our Slack group. Um, some of us have uh, uh, family who have have come from uh, that area of the world, and uh, we just are, are are feeling terrible for the Ukrainian people, uh, President Zelensky, and and all that's happening there. And uh, we just want to um, acknowledge and, and send out our thoughts and prayers uh, to the Ukrainian people. And, and uh, hopefully we'll see an end to this uh, invasion soon. That's uh, very well said. And uh, like, like you said, too, thoughts and prayers go out to the people of the U- Ukraine. So we'll get back to the podcast. Uh, make sure you check out all the content on uh, allhabs.net. Uh, we have uh, all sorts of uh, different uh, things that we do on there. Uh, make sure you look at the Habs notepad. Uh, Chris G's latest notepad will discuss uh, the Habs hockey ops uh, uh, featuring Le Cavalier, uh, Nick Bobrov. And uh, he also discusses a little bit about uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain uh, and Andrew Hammond. We also have our Habs headlines. So approaching the trade deadline, stay up to date with all things Habs. Uh, anytime there's breaking news, anytime there's a big trade, you can visit allhabs.net to, to find all the in-depth coverage of that. We also do uh, Habs game day previews and recaps. So if you want something to build up to the game, uh, make sure uh, you head over there and uh, we'll get you all teed up and ready to watch the game. And then if you miss the game or if you want to savor the game, you can uh, read our post-game recaps. We'll have that uh, up there as well. And our, Habs, oh, our, sorry. Uh, our recap for the uh, the Leafs game was well read, uh, well commented on. Uh, obviously, fans were were very excited uh, about that. I I put together a recap, comprehensive recap for 
each of our games. And uh, and as you said, we also do previews, and, and I'm joined uh, by Cole and uh, Sam uh, that helped me put those together. So make sure you are visiting allhabs.net every day to get fresh content. Yep, that uh, Leafs uh, recap, I think I read that about three or four times, just uh, <laughs> just to make myself happy, you know? For sure. <laughs> and then uh, we also have our Habs Fan Forum. Uh, ben Dankyu, uh, weekly, he puts out videos on YouTube uh, from a fan's perspective. This week's is called A Winning Streak. Very uh, timely, uh, probably one of the few more positive uh, episodes he's put out this season. And uh, make sure you uh, look out for it and uh, subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, subscribe to youtube.com slash allhabs. We're going to be, it, it was the, the Habs fan forum. We're going to be transitioning to the Habs hockey report on, on YouTube. Still weekly videos, still coming out on Thursday. And still presented by someone you are very, very familiar with. So I'm just going to tease that for now, and you're going to have to wait till next Thursday. Make sure you go there. Make sure you subscribe. That way the uh, content will come to you. Awesome. And also, uh, I think I mentioned this a little bit in the first segment as well, but uh, the Press Zone, uh, last week's uh, episode of the Press Zone, uh, Rick, Amy, and Patrick were joined by uh, Rocket head coach uh, J.F. Wool for uh, the AHL Hot Stove. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all things AHL, CHL, NCAA, ECHL, all your favorite Habs prospects, uh, everything Laval Rocket. And uh, next week, uh, Rick has another uh, special guest, the media coordinator from Laval. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a uh, subscribe to both podcasts. There's there's lots of of uh, opportunities for you to do that. Uh, on we're on every single podcast app, so uh, just look for the Canadians Connection, look for the Press Zone, uh, and uh, and subscribe to both podcasts. We I should say that uh, for those who did subscribe uh, to the, do subscribe to the Canadians connection. We, in the feed, we, uh, we sprinkled in a press zone episode this week. We thought it was so important that you'd want to hear from, uh, Laval rocket head coach, uh, JF Wool that we dropped, uh, an episode of the press zone into the Canadians connection, um, um, feed. And so if you got that, uh, unexpectedly, uh, now's your opportunity, uh, to, uh, subscribe to the press zone. Awesome. So I think uh, now's a good time to get to our uh, long-awaited question of the week. So our Canadians Connection question of the week was, uh, was the Canadians win over the Toronto Maple Leafs the best game of the season? We'll get to uh, everyone's messages. And uh, Rick, I'll, uh, I'll let you take this over and uh, read what the people had to say. Facebook.com slash allhabs is where you go. Make sure you like the page uh, so that, that you can be part of the community, be part of the comments we had Oh my goodness! Uh, just a ton. We had uh, uh, we had Leafs fans <laughs> commenting. We had Canadians fans commenting uh, on uh, the the Canadians win five two over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I'm going to read a few of these. Uh, Marino Latanzio says, uh, "Great game, guys. Who's next?" Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, the Canadians are world, world beaters. He wants to move on. Uh, Jose Lemieux says best game of the season. Uh, so he agrees with our question of the week. Um, extended our winning streak to three. It, it went to four after the, the Sabres game and we mauled the make me sick Leafs. Um, uh, Andrew Osborne says, cool. Canadians go abs, go. Um, 
John Arthur said, wow, we beat the Leafs. I'm super happy. Uh, Casey Crocker, way to go. Uh, Brian Schrimmer says, wow, three wins in a row. Wasn't expecting to see that. Um, this next uh, name, I'm... I'm gonna I'm gonna mess up for sure. Uh, Vulapat Hegi Petros. Uh, he said, "I just finished watching the game. You see, I live in Greece, which means in order to watch, it's live at two in the morning here. I couldn't believe my eyes. Finally, seeing a great team with work ethic and speed." Where were the Leafs' top players? <laughs> um, and as we said, shut down by by the Canadians. Um, so thanks for joining us all the way from Greece. We have fans all over the world. It is Planet Habs, uh, and we have fans commenting, uh, right around the world. Uh, Art Pollard, one of our regulars says best effort of the season. Great win. No question about that. So, uh, just some of the comments that we received on the, uh, Facebook page are all Habs, the official all Habs, uh, fan forum, uh, on Facebook. But wow, uh, staying up uh, till 2 a.m. Uh, wherever you are to watch. Uh, well, it uh, started bottom. at 2, so <laughs> yes. you had to stay up till whenever. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's incredible. That's, uh, that's fan devotion right there, and uh, I'd love to hear it. Hopefully we get to hear uh, more from uh, that listener. Absolutely. So we'll uh, tee up some of the upcoming games for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they start uh, a road trip, and they're going to start heading towards the west. Uh on Saturday, they took the train over to Ottawa, and uh, Saturday night, it's the return of the Hamburglar. His uh. first return to Ottawa since that uh, amazing uh, Hamburglar run that we saw a few years ago. And uh, I'm hoping for a nice uh, tribute video that uh, brings back a lot of memories for me as somebody who's uh, from Ottawa originally. That'd be nice. And then uh, on the 1st of March, uh, Montreal's going to be in Winnipeg, uh, Hopefully they can keep the ball rolling a little bit, keep the momentum high, keep the vibes good. It, uh, it's going to be uh, Winnipeg with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, we, we, we know that, that Western road trips have not always tre- treated uh, the Canadians very kindly, but uh, Winnipeg's had their own issues uh, this season. Expected to be a, 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 a contender. Uh, that It hasn't worked out that way, so uh, let's hope that the Canadians can... Um, you know, we don't want to see, do, do we want to see this, this go on? I think Canadians fans are torn, um, but they want to see an entertaining game and hopefully we get that from the game in Winnipeg. Yeah. Actual victories or moral victories are where I'm at. Sure. (laughs) So. And then uh, I'll move along to uh, that it came after that on the third uh, against Calgary. It's going to be the first time Montreal faces Toffoli since being traded. So we'll see. Is Toffoli going to get revenge? Uh, will we see maybe Tyler Pitlick in the lineup get revenge against uh, the Calgary Flames? Uh, that'll be a fun one to watch as well. Toffoli's been, Tyler Toffoli's been very good since uh, he joined uh, the Flames. You'll see him on the third line, Sean Monaghan, his buddy, uh, Milan Lucic, um, riding shotgun there. So uh, that'll be a fun, a fun contest. Of course, and uh, man, uh, Lucic, Monaghan, and Toffoli on a third line. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's some big bodies right there. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Montreal can keep that under control and uh, maintain uh, the solid defense that we've seen from this past week. For sure. 
So uh, remember to, scri- to subscribe to Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app, uh, like and share on social media. And uh, that's all we have for this week. Uh, thank you for listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget to follow All Habs on Twitter uh, and follow Habs Connection on Twitter as well, Facebook and Instagram. Keep in mind that you can uh, text us anytime on the Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853-ROCKET. Uh, please subscribe. And uh, thank you very much. This is Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.